It's Tuesday, August 30th, 2016, and you are listening to episode 55 of Roll Up and Die. Okay, All right. I'm, I'm is it good. fired up? Is yeah, it fired wait, up for you I guys? I drop my gain. Hang on. Okay. Okay. There drop we go. your gain. Okay. Cool. We're good. Because here, here's the deal. <laughs> Are you guys ready to record a podcast right now? I embraced. Yeah, I've never been yeah. more ready. Bro, we've never started a podcast so quick. For the listeners right now, I just now called Matt and Alex on Skype. Usually we have at least a couple of minutes of hey, how's it going? Yeah. Good. Sometimes technical issues. You yeah. know, oftentimes yeah. I need Do to it. vent about the doctor's office. Oh boy. <laughs> Here's the deal. It's not a long vent, and I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to, you know, disclose too much information, right? HEPA violation. I don't want freaking roll up and die to be, I don't know. I go in there and the place is packed, all right? And I yeah. can sometimes be a curmudgeon old man that's like, you know what? <laughs> buy your stuff and get out of line, okay? Because I need to buy my stuff too. But I was nice. I was like, you know what? Whatever. I get it. This is the hospital. But this is this. It's not really a hospital. It's like an urgent care center. Yeah. Anyway, it's like a doc in a box. Yeah. A doc in a box. It's a really great place to put it. Except for docs in a box actually solve problems by actually giving you pills. Either way, <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I was after. But what I was after was anything. The computer systems were down. And the, when the computer system is down at a doctor's office nowadays, they can't do anything. Right. Nothing. They can't even look at your charts. They can't, they can't look you up. They can't write you a prescription. They can't help you. But they can see you and take your copay. That's absolutely <laughs> what they can do. And so that's exactly, in, in a nutshell, because I'm not going to go too far into it. In a nutshell, I saw the doctor... It was pointless, but I still have to pay my copay tomorrow. And then I got to see the doctor again. We have to reschedule an appointment so I can actually see the doctor and have my, you know, lab results and stuff there and pay another copay in like a week. And, and I, they couldn't even take my money. They couldn't even take my money because the computers were down. So my question for you guys is this, I need to call tomorrow to pay my copay for today's worthless doctor's visit. What would you do? Like, is there something I can say to be like, listen, bro? So, well, was there any record I of had, you actually going there? I mean, did they, they, if the computers were down, how could they, they record your visit at all? Yeah, did they yeah, even know that you were there? Yeah, well, they did, she did everything kind of manually on paper in a way, um. but she was like, it's hilarious because this doctor's <laughs> been there for a while, but she's like, oh my God, what do I do with the paper? <laughs> <laughs> what is what is this? And I'm like, I'm looking at her and I'm like, did you have to dust off those prescription notepads like to write something on them? Because every I, I didn't occur to me. I haven't seen a prescription yeah. written in like four years. Yeah, this is all computer. This just reinforces my point of view that it, that once once the lights go out, like from some, you know, solar flare or whatever the hell it is, humanity is just going to descend into, you know, cannibalism almost. We're done. Within an hour. Because we're done. Yeah, like almost immediately. Yeah. <laughs> they look, we, you know, anytime something's not working, like something doesn't scan through the, the, the thing at the grocery store, they look at you like stun cheap. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to do. What? Exactly. <laughs> this, it won't scan. I, what, what the hell? And, why has why? God forsaken us? How about, hey, you know what? What kind it, of world do we live in? <laughs> exactly. The ultimate first world problem. But how about this? You know, they're introducing new payment technology. You know, these, oh, you know, God, big yeah. companies are giving us all this these new ways to pay them money, but none of them work. Okay, yeah. I've been to multiple WalMarts. Not a single chip reader in one of them no. it works. They're oh, like, hey, man. we got this chip reader. Uh, go ahead yeah. and swipe for me, please. Man, I I don't know about the chip reader thing. I feel like <laughs> I never know whether I'm supposed to use it or not. Uh, like, yeah, same. I'm here. like half the time. <clears throat> I swipe and they're like, oh, we have a chip reader. I'm like, oh, okay. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, it looks like they have a chip reader. I put the card in. Oh, no, it's not activated yet. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So I just, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm that person in line, like writing a check, like in line at the grocery store and everyone behind them is just like, oh my God, can this person please hurry up? Because I'm like, I'd, 
Where do I put my card? I how, how do I pay you? How do I give you money? <laughs> I want uh, you to take my money. Why are yeah, you making please. it so difficult? I, yeah. I, I am old and skeptical of those things. Like, you know, I'm, I'm only just getting used to horseless carriages. And <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm, I, I, this, to me, this is just another step toward that dystopian future where they can track you wherever the hell you go. And, and you know, there are, yeah. there are invisible, yeah. you know, drones in the sky keeping an eye on, Let on it, every you movement, know, you know. I used to think the same way, Alex. I'm at the point, I'll let it happen. Just RFID chip all of us, please. Can we get this over with so I can pay for my damn doctor's visit? Can we get the computer working at least? If we're going to live in a damn dystopian oligarchy, can I at least reap the benefits? God. We can welcome our lizard overlords. I also kind of want to apologize to our listeners right now. I... Because, I mean, they tuned in to Roll Up and Die. Let's hear some role-playing games. And they just got screamed at by Barker. Yeah. And, and the worst part of it is there's nobody I can be mad at. It's nobody's yeah. fault. It's nobody's fault. Sometimes, right? people at the, yeah, there's and people they probably, at the they probably dealt with the situation yeah. to the best of their oh, ability. Sure. But they Guaranteed. Yeah. They were so yeah. nice. At the When I left, I said, I'm going to pay you tomorrow, but I want you to know, I don't want you to give any of that money to these yeah. computers. That's what I told her. I said, you keep all the money. Don't give it to any of these lousy, lazy computers. You know, sometimes the magic of technology just fails. But either way, you hear that noise? It's it's not as not as good. I'm having a drink tonight. I'm drinking Seagram's gin to wind down from this crazy day. Um, And I realized when I got home, I didn't have any tonic water. So I'm drinking Seagram's gin and that's it. (laughs) You're just... Going ham, man. I wanted to, I wanted to, 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 you know, quench my taste buds with a little bit of a nice alcoholic beverage, and I'm just brown bagging it straight from the bottle, like a homeless guy on the side of a Tacoma road. I'm drinking a seltzer. I would, I Barker, if I was able to, I would give you this seltzer so you could have it with your. Oh man, that would be nice, dude. A nice yeah. seltzer water. I don't have any. Did you realize, guys, that we kind of segued in here? I, I, I dropped the segue back there, and I. Oh, do it the... again. Do it again. Yeah, no, it, oh, it's gone. <laughs> Did it have something to do with mishaps or unforeseen effects? Well, well no, it, it was it was uh, when the magic of technology fails, this is what happens. Uh, oh, that was a bit of a stretch, if I'm I didn't honest. even pick up on that, Alex. Uh, no. You, like, you dropped it on the ground, and I just walked by. <laughs> yeah, I was like, bro, you dropped you your like, segue. Did you, you see? Were like, yeah, Matt, you was, dropped your segue, huh? I was, I was at You home- dropped your segue. What Segway? It's right. I'm pointing at it. It's on I the ground. Even, it's right I don't even own a Segway, dude. I ride a bicycle. That's not mine. That's uh, somebody else's. All right. All right. Uh. All right. <laughs> you know, to be fair, do either of you have anything to vent about before we get started? No. Not, I will not, say not, it's good to be big. back, though. Yeah, it's good yeah. to have you back. We Matt, have, we have welcome you. back. Do you want to talk about your uh, Yeti hunting expedition? <laughs> <laughs> Basquatch. Uh, I, I, I can talk about it briefly. Yeah, we um, we spent a long weekend up in Alaska, and then the week prior to that, I was uh, house sitting at my in laws' farm, so I was just completely away from technology and reliable internet for a couple of weeks. But um, yeah, we spent a few days up in Alaska. I've never been. My wife lived up there for a couple of years in her early twenties, um, and she has family up there, so. Went up there and uh, spent a few days in Wasilla, homeland of Sarah Palin. So uh, Ooh, I got to. It was I was a, wondering Sarah, where I recognized that name from. Yeah, Palin's old stomping grounds. That's what Wasilla, Alaska, is really known for. Palin's so. old stomping grounds. Yeah. You know what the cool thing about Wasilla, Alaska, is though? They have two friendly local gaming stores. Nice. Two, like within like a few miles of each other. Yeah. And that's more than you can say of like most like. Us populated areas, yeah. Like you know, you'll you'll you usually have like one here, maybe one in the next city over. But Wasilla has two uh, really nice, friendly local gaming stores. One of them was more based around card games, um, and also sold used video game consoles. So they had like old like Atari mm. and Nintendo and oh, Sega cool. Genesis consoles and stuff like Sick. that. So that was that was really cool. And then the other one was more of like a war gaming role playing game uh, store. Um, so when I went in there, they had like several tables set up with like terrain and, and nice. Warhammer miniatures and stuff. And they had, uh, a table full of people that were playing, uh, I, I wish I would have gone up and asked them what they were playing, but I didn't want it. They were like in the middle of a combat, yeah, so I didn't want to walk up and talk to them. But I think they were playing some sort of modern RPG, uh, because the guy was talking about, uh, a sheriff and he mentioned, what did he, what else did he mention that gave me the feeling that it was, uh, modern, uh, chip reader. Yeah. Yeah. He said, you go up to the chip reader, 
Give me a roll. <laughs> it's not on. It's you put it in. It's not working. The the, the, the cashier looks at you judgmentally. <laughs> you chose poorly. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That got me. I got him. No, yeah, but uh, yeah, and that was really cool. And I, I uh, they had lots of cool like RPGs and a bunch of RPGs I'd never seen before. Some old <clears> stuff. And uh, I talked to the guy at the counter and. Um, was like, oh, did you paint all these, all this terrain and stuff? He was like, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I painted all this stuff and this stuff, and he was a really talented painter. And so I was kind of talking to him about stuff, and he's like, uh, so you know, what do you guys, what do you guys do? And I was like, <laughs> oh well, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a technical editor, but in my spare time, I, I write uh, RPG supplements. He was like, no shit. I was like, yeah, I, you know, I, I, uh, I've written a few books here and there, and. He's like, well, where can I look at it? And I was like, well, you go to AbsoluteTabletop.com. And it was the first time that I've that I've shilled in person. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Fr- and I didn't, ha- I felt like a boob because I have all these business cards. I didn't have any on me. So I didn't give, <laughs> I wasn't able to give him a business card. So I was like, I, I go, pretend I'm handing you a business card right now, but you should go to AbsoluteTabletop.com and check us out. And he was like, dude, absolutely, I will. So that was pretty awesome. cool nice. to be That's able to cool. talk to somebody about it. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Alex, you get to talk first when we actually jump into the subject, which we should now. Thank you all, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, for bearing with my venting. And thank you so much, Matt, for joining us back again on Roll Up and Die, your, oh man, currently a little angsty RPG podcast. (laughs) My name is Barker. And my name is Matt from A Fistful of Dice. And my name is Alex, a.k.a. Captain Gothnog. And you might have heard the segue a little earlier. You might have missed it like myself and Matt. But today, we are talking about magical mishaps. We're talking about unforeseen magical effects, dysfunctional magic items, and other wonky wizard foibles. Basically, I just read what Matt Click wrote on the Facebook page. Yeah, I was like, I was like no way good. that Barker and I both use the word foibles in our description of the episode. <laughs> what are the odds? Uh, it was. It's such a weird word. I figured it was a typo. So in a minute, after Alex goes first, because we had our vent time, uh, our talk time, uh, I want you or Alex, if he knows this, to tell mm-hmm. me what a foible is, mm-hmm. because I want to talk about this fun, awesome topic of, of magical mishaps. <laughs> so, okay. Alex, take us into the conversation. And if if you do know what a foible is, you could, you know. Pause and let me know. <laughs> well, I'm going to talk about magic first. I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of of coming up with new magic and uh, and things for the game. To me, the spell lists are suggestions, and and yeah. I and, and I like to yeah, I nice. like to add to them constantly. You know, I even encourage experienced players to make up their own spells when they you know go up in level. Say, you know, you know, yeah, you can look at the book, but if you could, if you think of a really cool spell, talk to me about it. We'll 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 work it out. You know, and. It, you know, it always occurred to me that the, the the spells in the book are basically the ones that work. There's got to be a lot of them out there that just don't, or work yeah. some of the time. And uh, particularly with things sex, like can- Sex Panther, right? <laughs> the the Sex Panther spell. Uh, you roll a d10, and one through six, it works every time. Seven through ten, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and particularly with things like cantrips, because there have to be a lot of those around, you know, because, you know, you get these students who are learning from the wizard and, and you know, that they're, they're giving these cantrips to practice. It's like, I wonder if I could do this, you know, and they try it and something goes yeah. horribly, horribly wrong. And, um, yeah, so I, I, I've always loved spells like that. Uh, a, lo- a while back, I ran an adventure and uh, when they were higher level, the, the, the party ended up finding the uh uh the the workshop of Morden Kanan who you know is well known for making you know all these great spells and so they were right you know it had been looted a few times and but they they managed to to find things in it and and uh so they found all these scrolls which you know were in a hidden compartment that hadn't been looted so they're really excited about this oh new new Morden Kanan spells this is awesome so that they're, they're trying them and these were all failures that he had like hidden because he was embarrassed by them so they just did the worst possible uh, uh, things. It was it was awesome. So That's yeah, I'm, I'm a big, really I'm a big cool. fan of of the idea that that uh, that spells got to be good by being bad first. You know, someone exper- someone had to experiment with them. You know, a while before they you know before they oh. got it right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the guy who invented dynamite <laughs> is dead. The guy who showed the world dynamite was the guy 
who was his assistant, <laughs> right, right, who exactly, had, who lived through it. So, yeah, the, you know, you got to you got to go through some tests, yeah. and that makes me <clears throat> that makes me think a lot of potions too. Oh yeah, and we want to probably keep this a little more magic spell based. Yeah. This topic, but but that's another thing we've talked <clears throat> about. You know, like what happens when you drink a healing potion, but it's diluted with water. Yeah. Because you're underwater. What happens when you drink a healing potion that's a year past its expiration date? Well, the, you know, what happens when you cast a spell that you're not entirely trained yeah. in? Didn't they used to have something like uh, potion miscability tables where they did? Um, I forget what I forget what edition that was where, where you <clears throat> if you drink two potions too, you know, too close to each other in time. Uh, they can mix in your stomach and and cause really bad things to happen. Oh wow, that's yeah. cool. That's really interesting. I never <laughs> yeah. even thought about that. Oh it was, yeah, it was, yeah, that was pretty cool. It was it was a way to kind of you know in a meta way it was kind of a way to keep you know people from using too many potions. You know, just, you know oh I'm, I'm just gonna keep I, drinking I potions now. Oh I'm healed. Oh I, you know now I can fly. <laughs> you know <it's> like, <laughs> yeah that exactly. can't be good for you. Now Matt, what does foibles mean? <laughs> So a foible is like it's like an eccentric like uh it's it's like a a defect or a character flaw um or just like a uh like an eccentricity like if you if you if you have a character uh that has a foible it might be something like a weird tick or a weird like character flaw basically Okay all right <clears throat> that makes sense so when you say Wonky wizard foibles. You're not talking about some Harry <laughs> Potter candy on the cart on the Hogwarts Express. No, but that does sound like a Harry <laughs> Potter be, candy. Yeah. It does. Yeah. It does. This whole thing reminds me of Harry Potter. And actually, foibles. Harry Potter does some interesting, cool things with magical mishaps. They mm. do. They really do, yeah. So uh, uh, um, uh, you guys splinching? are a little yeah. more. What's that, Alex? Splinching. Where, yeah. where, where, that's when they apparate and, uh, and, they get it, and they get it wrong and they leave part of their body behind. Oh, yeah. which splinching is such a good word for that because it kind of <laughs> like that's the sound effect it makes yeah. in my mind when yeah, you do that exactly like splinch, ah, cool. and you're just like oh god <laughs> no uh yeah harry potter does that really well where it's like you know if you cast a spell that you're not perfectly trained in if you get the you know the the hand movements the somatic yeah. component components a little bit wrong mm-hmm. um if you are not using your wand weird things can happen so yeah, yeah um, good call different wands react differently right. depending on its yeah core, it makes know? it makes magic a little bit more like a science you know mm-hmm. where it's like um, it's like baking where it's like if you add a little bit too much of one <clears> thing it can seriously affect the outcome it's not necessarily yeah. going to ruin it but it's going to taste different or it'll have a different texture. Or it'll take longer to cook or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's like magic should sort of be like that too. <clears throat> like if you think about it, like there are people who are naturally adept at magic, like a sorcerer. Right. But most magic users typically are people that have to study and learn and practice, 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 practice uh, in order to do these spells correctly and not blow themselves or yeah. other people up. So I, I like the idea that you called it kind of a science. On the contrary, though, if you're talking like Harry Potter-ish magic, one of the cool things about how wonky it is, because that's a really good word for it, is that J.K. Rowling as the storyteller can basically do anything. Mm -hmm. She can say that, nope, this spell doesn't work right now because of this. You know, Mm -hmm. it's... It's it's a little madness to it to kind of allow her as the storyteller to have a little more control over the story. Mm -hmm. Do you think that is a good way to manage uh, overpowered magic in your role-playing game, or are we just cheating at this point? Well, Hmm. I think that all magic needs to have rules. I think that it needs to have guidelines. And I think that, um, you know, it works, it works in a series like Harry Potter because you're essentially viewing the wizarding world through the eyes of, uh, someone who was raised by muggles who doesn't understand Mm -hmm. magic. And so when he comes into the world, you can introduce weird things like, Oh, Harry, of course that spell doesn't work here. We're in a floozy. What's it's. And he goes, I don't know what that is. And they go, well, it's this, you know, if you grew up a wizard, you'd know that. But in a role playing game, it's a little bit different because you have people that are actively doing magic that know about magic. Mm -hmm. And I think that you have to have some, some sort of, uh, limits guidelines on how magic operates in your world so that when you do break those rules, it's more, it has more weight to it. And it's, it's a little it's, weird. Yeah, yeah. It's a little weird. Like, like, wait, why are my spells not working in here? 
There's ca- yeah. like this is not typical. Normally my spells are are working. I, I have plenty of spell slots or mana or whatever. Why is my spell not working? And then all of a sudden it's like a thing. It's like a weird thing. That's interesting. We in mm. in the winds of Sir Celine, just really quick. Uh, the city of Hallowhall was an underground <clears throat> city, underground mountain dwarven city, and the ceiling was held up by magic from a piece of the rod of seven parts, right? Mm -hmm. And so when the city collapsed, that item was pulled out of its, you know, charge point. The city collapsed. A a reversal happened, and now the energy that's exploded out of the city causes magic to dissipate. It dispels it, 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 ironically. So this ash that's raining from the sky in the last winds game dispelled your ability to bring up your wings or cast a spell or something. And that brought some ideas in my mind, like, man, what a cool idea if I wanted to break the rules a little bit and just make this next encounter a little tougher on these guys, you know, if they don't have magic. I do. I do want to say that I love that in a, in one session you gave us wings and magic armor and the ability to fly. And then like two sessions later, you're like, your wings aren't working. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm just so, like you, son of a bitch. Here's the deal, man. I'm usually not that bad at this, but I've done it so many times in this campaign. <clears throat> I'm like, here, have an airship. You know, I think this ship is going to crash into the middle of the woods. <laughs> like I just and 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 that is basically 101. Don't do that as a DM. You know, if you no, give some man, of your players, let I, them use it. I disagree. I disagree. I think I think that you you strike a good balance between letting us use it and also forcing us to uh, think outside of it and not use it as a crutch so well that's good i yeah. just did it so you'd have to walk on the road <laughs> yeah no i pre- well you called that you called the session the old road so i figured we were gonna have to walk for some yeah. reason yeah, yeah. this ne- yeah anyway hey, alex yeah <laughs> tell me about magical mishaps in games that you've run or played in at which point are they, were they memorable? Did they play any significant part in the game itself? Uh, what are your memories of that? Oh, yeah. Well, the, there was uh, – I've talked about the, the Taknor the, in my world where <clears throat> they're anti-magic, basically. And uh, Wait, have this, you? I think so, yeah. They, they basically yeah. are – they're an empire okay. of people who are, are – they're xenophobic. They want to destroy oh, all. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. And, and they're, <clears throat> they are they're, – magic is evil to them. And they, but they have this this uh, this godstone that allows them to uh, uh, basically destroy magic, and so. But their entire land, uh, the way the uh, the civilization developed in this land, where there is anti magic, and it's basically this massive crater that uh, was formed by an impact, you know, millennia ago, and uh, the uh, the party was teleporting through the area, basically. Oh no, they were shadow walking. That's what it was. They were shadow walking through that area and because they were passing through this zone and didn't realize it, there was a chance that they, that they were just going to drop out and they did. So they, they dump into this, into the middle of this huge flat desert, uh, like one of those hard pan salt flats, you know, they extend mm-hmm. to the horizon in all directions. And, um, they realized that their magic only worked some of the time and not completely there. So they, they and the closer you got to the center, which was this their sort of capital city at the middle, um, the worse it got. So they they were trying to get away from there because they knew exactly where they were, and they were terrified because I had built this up for for a long time, and uh, <laughs> they ended up running into this patrol of these Taknor that they managed to defeat, and the only way they could get out of there was to shadow step, but there's no shadows in this big desert. So they built. This this little this little sort of makeshift cave out of the corpses of the people they killed. That's right. Yeah, I remember this. <laughs> and and, uh, and, cre- and and cast the uh, the spell in there and en- with enough shadow to get out. But uh, oh, that's yeah. so awesome. Yeah, that's it, really cool. But yeah, but they 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 knew exactly where they were, and and it was it was great because it was uh, it was terrifying to them. And uh, yeah, I, I I love when. You can kind of instill that, but you, you you can do that with all kinds of areas that have had magical trauma. You know, something bad happened here, so magic is twisted somehow. You know, whether it's you know uh, I, I I'm working on a thing called an arcane cyst, which is basically this this area of of um of the world that's been damaged by magic, and uh, you know it has its own properties, that kind of thing. So you know you can always have you can always create things like that. Yeah, that's really cool. I like that a lot. Now, <clears throat> what if 
I want to incorporate more magical mishaps into my game? And this is a question for both of you. Hmm. What are good ways to really make them more commonplace? Like, let's say I want magic to not be so boring and stagnant (laughs) and calm in my world. I want it to be like, are you casting a spell? Because there's like... One out of ten times, yeah. that's going to destroy your wand, or it's going to cast the opposite spell, or something. What mm-hmm. are certain ways to kind of put in if crazy <clears throat> wonky magic and magical mishaps? And <clears throat> excuse me, one <laughs> second, uh, magical. Oh, I lost a page. <clears throat> what was the word, Matt? Foibles. 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 Hey, listen, foibles, foibles. Okay. Hey, who's no? Who knows? <laughs> hey, who's throwing it? Who knows? What are what are ways to do that? Let's say I want to put more magical mishap action mm. in my games. What do I do? One easy way would be just to require a concentration check anytime you're casting magic. It doesn't have to be tough, but once in a while they're going to fail it, and then you just you you know you can figure out what happens or make some kind of you know fumble chart for it. You know whether it's something that's going to be. It doesn't have to be a catastrophic stuff, but it can certainly be unfortunate and uh, and you know uh, undesirable stuff. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Matt, do you have any other ideas other than uh, the uh, concentration check, which is a super good idea because I feel like magic in most cases would take concentration. Um, I think that you know there there's two different ways that you can do it. There's there's mechanical, and then there's like non-mechanical like mm-hmm. lore wise yeah like you can have things like if it's non-mechanical like wizards are very or magic users in general are very mistrusted because magic is very volatile and so you sort of you sort of get across this feeling of uh wizards not being trusted people thinking that wizards are inherently dangerous you can do something like alex is talking about where you have people that are you know dedicated to wiping out magic and think that magic is evil you can do things mechanically like you know alex is mentioning with a concentration check there's a um there's actually a table in the Dungeon Master's Guide for 5th Edition with variant potion rules where different mm, things can yeah. happen. So very similar to the table that you were you were talking about, Alex, from earlier that's right, editions. That's right, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they have something very similar in the 5th Edition Dungeon Master's Guide, and that's a really easy way to mm-hmm. have something common like a potion because people are slamming health potions left and right in D&D. <laughs> so it's like you know having something where it's like, well – they work most of the time, but like yeah. sometimes something bad can happen. And so there's a bit of a drawback to that, which I, th- I think that serves two purposes. It makes potions more, you know, uh, kind of uh, dangerous, more volatile, mm. more uh, unpredictable. It also forces your players to stop before they pull the cork on that potion and drink it when they're down to one hit point in a combat. Right. Because, yep. you know, one of the options is like the potion blows up in your stomach and does a bunch of damage or something like that. So it's like, well, maybe I should just be more careful in this combat and then take a nap afterwards instead of, you know, sl- chugging these potions right. left and right. I, I could see him asking, is like, now, did you buy this potion from a reputable potion maker? <laughs> uh, or was it from that guy in the alley? You know, hey, I got potions. <laughs> you get a of authenticity. Potion. I got all kinds of yellow potions. Check this one out. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is this? What is this uh, floating around grain. in here? I, 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 you just shake it up before you drink it. It's fine. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't shake it up here. Don't shake it up here. Take it out. <laughs> take it out there before you shake it. Point, point it away from your face just in case. You just gotta, <laughs> you gotta strain it a little bit. Put it through like a colander. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Do you got a, Do you have a cheesecloth? You're gonna need a cheesecloth. <laughs> don't get any don't 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 get any on your face, it'll stain. Is this oh, is geez. this supposed to taste fermented? <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's got cultures in it. It's got yeah, um, yeah it's got electrolytes. It's got good bacteria. Good bacteria. Just uh, it's good for your stomach. Oh my god. Okay, okay, okay. Here's a question that I've got that I've been wanting to ask all day, and I think it's probably how most listeners are going to want to put magical <laughs> effects in their game. Because uh-huh. there's a lot we can do with mishaps and sure. bonkers, explosions, and oh Boibles. my god, this Boibles. potion just turned into an enrolled agent and started doing my taxes. What a mishap. What a <laughs> what a foible. So <laughs> instead, what I'd like to do is I'd like to come up with what you said, Matt, on, a, on the post, the first sentence, unforeseen magical effects. Uh-huh. Now let's say I cast fireball three times in a day i'm not talking about the fireball accidentally blowing up in my face and Mm. setting me on fire or whatever but like after a while do you think that my skin my face my hands might get a little sunburned or something Mm. or overheated or start to peel um 
if I'm, you know, uh, if I'm, if I'm dice, right, I'm dice and I'm casting all these ice spells after a while, you might think, um, oh, by the way, dice is a character in a game I play in Matt's <laughs> game. Uh, anyway, you might think that I might get some frostbite mm. on my hands or something. Mm-hmm. What are, and I feel like, man, we should probably go around in a circle and come up with some. What are some <laughs> good unforeseen magical effects for otherwise normal spells? In, uh, we're we're currently playing a game uh, based on the uh, ubiquity system for desolation, and uh, in that What's system, desolation they, desolation is is a uh, it's a post apocalyptic fantasy setting, um, and like I said, it uses the ubiquity system, which I really love. But their their magic system is great because you you, you essentially describe what you want to do. The GM comes up with a uh, uh, a difficulty, and then you roll a make, roll a dice pool, but any failures you get from that dice pool count as burn, which is it, it's taken from your health. You actually suffer burn from it because in that world, magic has been damaged, and so it, it actually hurts to cast magic. You can you can actually kill yourself if you try and cast something too powerful. And uh, so, in doing this, we 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 each each player it kind of just came up with their own way that this burn was expressed in us, you know, and so. Like from for my character, you know, the, these uh, their, their veins sort of turn purple and begin to glow beneath their skin as as it kind of runs up from their hand, almost like a like a cancer sort of moving up, and and you know their hands sort of like involuntarily clenches from the from the from the spasm of it and and, and that kind of thing. And someone else, they they age slightly. You know, you, you see their skin sort of wrinkle and their hair grays a bit, and you know each person came up with something different. So that that was kind of cool. That's really neat. I like that a lot. Yeah. And turning it over to the players, too, to really come up with their <clears throat> own. That's neat. Yeah. Matt, do you have any uh, other ways that you might introduce or some examples of ways that normal spells can create um, just kind of strange side effects? You know, I'm sitting here trying to think of it. I think, you know, a really good example is the one you were talking about with, um, you know, you sort of describing dice having... Uh, you know, ice effects on him, whereas, you know, his fingers mm. are frostbitten and things like um, he would have like steam coming off of him when it was hot because he was so cold, like just naturally cold, um, which was really cool. I always really appreciated that. So trying to have your, you know, if you have a specific type of spell or a specific school of magic, like sort of playing that up. Um, let's see what I've had uh, druids in the past we are talking mm. a lot about arcane magic but we shouldn't forget our our, our friends the divine casters <laughs> i had a druid once who was a, primarily a shifter so he would you know his 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 like modus operandi was combat starts he turns into an animal uh mm. we need to sneak into this castle he turns into a bat you know like he was basically just like i'll turn into whatever we need you he know, was that do. guy he was okay, that guy he was that guy, guy. <laughs> yeah so but what i did was he, uh, he spent so much time in his shifter forms that he was sort of starting to lose being a human and so i would do things like i I didn't go overboard with it where i'm like stealing the spotlight like oh he howls and runs into the forest you all have to go after him but it was more like (laughs) they'd be sitting at a table eating and he'd be like licking food out of the bowl and like at at one point he's like uh, he had an itch on his ear and i described like his foot slowly coming up and using his foot to like itch behind (laughs) his ear instead of his hand and things like that so (laughs) just having it be like evident that you know he, he He's sort of been almost like abusing this shifter magic because it, it was third edition. You could shift like five times a day at a certain level. So <laughs> right, he right. was constantly in, in animal form. So it was kind of fun to play around with that sort of mm. stuff. That's funny. Five times a day. Gosh, do we? Does yeah. anyone do five encounters a day anymore? What it was, the hell? I mean, it was like any chance I had to shift into anything, I would do it where it was like, I was going to go to the store and buy some stuff. It's like, I'll turn into a mule and you can load stuff up. Right. Load me up, dude. I'll carry all of it. <laughs> My carrying capacity is doubled. It do was, it I was mean. a different time. It was a different time. It was third edition. We, we were all, we were all on the juice, on the, we on the magic little, juice. We were all a little drunk. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I love things were crazy. There were a thousand splat books, splat books as far as the eye can we see. Can... The robes were paid with them. The roads were paid with splat books, and not one of them about foibles. That's no. right. That's I, oh, I, I had another idea while we were talking about um, awesome. a way good. to a way to include uh, foibles, and and ideas. it could be uh, in in D at least when when someone makes their save, like you know. Um, Usually we just say when, when if if you know if you cast a spell at something when they and they make their save that's that something that they just kind of shook it off half damage but 
but you could, but you could describe it as kind of a spell failure on your part. You know, you did something wrong, so it didn't have its full effect. That's you know? a really good idea. So you know, you could kind of turn it back on on the caster as like you know, uh, you you tried to do the spell, something went wrong. You know, you 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 fumbled the components a bit and dropped some you know too much of the powder from your hand or whatever it is. You know, you can come up yeah. with something. Well, and you know what? Th- let me really quick talk to the players <clears throat> out there then, because this is really mm, important, and you yeah. just kind of touched upon it, Alex, is that you as a GM can tell your players, hey, you know, embrace failure. Imp- you know, mm. really role play your failures, you know, just as much as your successes, but it's never, like, it's just not going <laughs> to break through. So I'm trying to appeal to the player right now. Yeah. If you fail, if you suck at casting spells because you're level one, ask yourself why. Is it because you're not good at casting spells? Is it because you've just discovered your power? Is it because you don't believe in casting spells? Is it because you're not supposed to be magical because you're a non-magical <clears throat> race? Like, <clears throat> come up with a good role-playable yeah. reason why you are having trouble and your character will immediately be better. When I was playing Dice the Wizard, one of my first thoughts was, okay, I'm level one or three. <clears throat> I can't remember what it was, but I kept missing my spells. I just wasn't <clears throat> doing it. And I was thinking, okay, how would I, who is dice to where this is a thing? And the answer was he's new at spells. You know, he doesn't, he's had, he hasn't had the freedom to cast his own spells in a while and he's going to fail a little bit. And a lot of times I described that in magical mishaps. Mm. So you as the player, when you screw up, please, for the sake of the game master, for the sake of everybody at your <laughs> table, for the sake of the roll up and die RPG podcast. <laughs> Describe yourself yeah. screwing up gloriously with a magical mishap. It'll be fun. It'll be entertaining. It'll be magical. Is there a microphone around here that costs less than $400 that I can drop? Because that's all I got to say. <laughs> but you know, you're right. Absolutely right. Make it fun. You know, if you're going to yeah. screw up, then, then go for it. Make it, make it a fun screw up. Don't, you know, don't just, don't yeah. just let it, let it flop. Yeah, exactly. I like that. Make it a fun screw up for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. See, okay, I mean, so it's oh, go ahead, man, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, even even looking at like great heroes from like movies and television, like they all just fail spectacularly in like funny ways, and it doesn't oh, detract yeah. from them being badasses. I mean, if you think of like Indiana Jones Indiana or John Jones, McClane, yeah. like there's so many moments when both of them are just like <laughs> just flying by the seat of their pants, falling all yeah. over the place, getting in crazy sort of <laughs> awkward sort of situations, and they just like go with it and get up and dust themselves off, and that's part of what makes them great characters. That's so right. Exactly. Do the same it, thing with your magic users, man. Exactly. Absolutely. It's like it's like in those stories, you know, they yeah. th- those stories that really <clears throat> mattered, you know, they were full mm-hmm. of darkness and danger. And yeah. sometimes you didn't want to know the end because how could the end be happy? How <laughs> could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad happened? I get it. I get it, Matt. I thought you were going to go through the entire speech. I was, I was, I was very impressed. I was thinking about it, dude. I forgot like, wow. the exact words, so I straight up Googled it while you were talking. Like, I got to make this joke. Okay, I'm uh, less and, impressed. Yeah, than and I thought I, you were pulling and, that no, out. No. Spoil the magic. Well, here's the deal is I should have because I changed the words it. anyway. So Because I wanted to make it seem more usual. I'm sorry. You foibled the magic. Oh, my so, gosh. But what about magic items? We haven't really touched on that. Um, oh, that's, a, I'm really happy you brought that up. Good call. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm looking at the time and I just want to make sure we get that in because that, that, that's really a big part of it too, is Matt, you know, having, uh, magic items and why, why, why would they go bad? Why would they, why would they foible? <laughs> yeah. And, and here's another question. Let's say I got a sword enchanted with, you know, whatever, uh, plus one, yeah. whatever you're, you know, it's the, it's the, <clears throat> the sword of Antioch. Let's call it that. And it's yeah. plus one sword. And it's because it's blessed with this plus one spell. Now let's say I take another sword that's similar or identical and I give that a plus one spell too. Are they both the same? Is the magic equal in both those swords? Right. The the storyteller in me says, absolutely not. No way. Mm. Like, who knows? Maybe, like you said, maybe the guy in the alleyway blessed this other one. And so it's going <laughs> to, you know, lose its plus one in a little bit. Maybe it's, you know, and, and oftentimes we'll convey that in curses instead of positives. Mm-hmm. You know, this item is cursed or something like that. But, But with a magical item... Are all magic items created equally if they're equal in stats? 
Yeah, I, I, I kind of abhor just the, the, the regular plus one sword. Uh, that, yeah. that, I, I don't like that. If, if, if I have anything like that in my games, it's always, it, it always have, first of all, it has a history behind it. And it also, it always has some other features to it. Minor ones. It doesn't have to be big. I mean, again, a classic example is like Sting. You know, it's, it's, it glows blue and there are, are goblins around, that kind of thing. You know, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's not a super powerful feature, but it's useful. But they don't even have to be useful. It can just be, you know, uh, um, you know it. Uh, uh, it sings when it when it uh, when you use it. That kind of thing. It has a. Uh, it hums or you know it, whatever. There's, there's some kind of feature about it that doesn't necessarily give any kind of benefit, but is interesting and unique and and fits with the backstory. Yeah, I I love minor magical effects like that. Like yeah. uh, you know this armor like ha- the. There are runes on it that glow silver when it's a full moon. Like that mm, does nothing yeah. mechanically, but it's just really cool, and it's exactly. cool for the player to be able to role play that too. So, um, but in terms of like, uh, like <clears throat> I kind of I have a soft spot for like gotcha magic items, like magic <laughs> items that are on the surface like really exciting, but then you use them or you put them <clears throat> on, and they're not quite as awesome as you thought. Like they have some sort of drawback or something mm. to them. And I, I've talked about this before, but my favorite example are the boots of blinding speed. where you put them on and you can go as fast as you want, but you can't see anything. You're completely blind while (laughs) you have them on. Oh, that's so awesome. I love that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like, I I like that either way. It's not necessarily a magical mishap, but another thing ring of three parts is there's always a chance that the ring was going to break or the stone that we used was going to break is a teleportation ring. Uh, in the with the armor you gave, it's not a magical thing. So this is, I shouldn't even bring this up, but we owed favors because we had this armor. Right. Now, if you can come up with a magical uh, mishap instead, mm-hmm. you're golden. Well, right. one, one, way I, one way I came up with in my game to control um, uh, the use of po- really powerful magic items, I never liked the idea of, you know, that uh, you, you seed magic items based on a, based on a party's level. That, that always kind of bugged me too vaguely because I, I don't like scaling my world like that. But... Yeah. Um, so occasionally they'll find a much more powerful item, and but do you really want to give them that powerful item? So the way I worked it is, um, the the power of the item is is it can be handled by someone of 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 power. So if you're a higher level, you can just naturally handle it because you've you've you know you've built up your willpower, your ability to do things like this. And if you're just a, a first level character, it's, you know, you, something's going to go wrong with it. You know, you're just gonna, not going to be able to handle wielding that kind of power. So, you know, it might, uh, it might burn you or uh, it could just get out of control, that kind of thing. Okay, cool. I like that. <clears throat> or you could have magical foibles. Or you could have magical foibles. So, so <laughs> I... I think um, I think we should do something right now. And I know it's a little early for creating an idea you can steal. But I feel like if we were to create three or four magical mishaps, I feel like that would be the most beneficial thing for the people listening to be able to pull something and use it in their game immediately. Uh, is that okay with you guys? Yeah, yeah that sounds yeah, good yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. Cool. And this can be about items. It can be about anything, right? Uh, and Matt, you'll notice... Uh, a lot of a lot has changed since you uh, oh, man. left for Alaska. Yeah, <clears throat> I uh, on this D twelve uh, sided D six <gasps> will be mm, <laughs> will be one through. I almost said one through four because I don't know how to how a D six works when it has twelve sides. <laughs> I will be one and two. Matt will be three and four, and Alex, you will be five and six. Uh, and this is a three. So Matt, what are we talking about today? Uh, we're going to talk about, let's see here. Uh, it's a, are you serious? Yeah. Wait, what? Are you, are you you serious? I I don't know. I don't know why I asked that. I just, I just assumed you were having trouble. I'm just like, what is it? No, I am having trouble. I don't know. I, let's do a, uh, let's do a shield. Let's do a magical shield. Ooh, a magical shield. Yeah. You mean a physical shield or, or a spell shield? Let's do a physical shield. Okay. With magical properties. Gotcha. Okay, I swear to God, I rolled my dice. <clears throat> Gone. I don't have a die anymore. <laughs> oh, my God, Barker. <laughs> oh, my God. One roll? 
That's all you give me. That's all you Jesus. give me is a roll? <laughs> oh. No. You talked a big game when I came back, Barker, I but... game. <laughs> Hold on, this is not... I'm not playing. <laughs> okay, all right. And I got my double D6 ready to go. <laughs> all right, Matt, you got a roll. I have no okay. idea where it went. <laughs> all right. Uh, one to two is me, three to four is Barker, five to six is Alex. Is that... That's a three, so Barker, talk about a shield. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about a shield. So the magical ability that the shield has, not the mishap, Mm -hmm. um, although in the future we might do the mishap first. That'll be fun. The magical ability that this shield has is it it protects... It actually... Sorry. (laughs) It protects not a, a wielder, but it's actually made to be put on the wall as a decoration. It's actually a magical ward against oh. uh, uh, invaders uh, in a certain tavern. Um, hmm. <clears throat> we'll say perhaps you are not allowed to fight in this certain tavern, and the shield on the wall prevents you from striking another person in anger. Oh, interesting. So what's Ooh. the magical mishap? Who's next? <laughs> rule. Here we go. One through three is me. Four through six is Alex. That's four. That's Alex. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say the magical mishap is that um, when it when it hears any kind of music, it begins to sing, but it's really it's really off key and annoying. (laughs) You know, and and it just it just it sings in the background. So they really can't have music in this place because as 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 valuable as this as this shield is, whoever enchanted it, it it. It has this this weird feature where it just starts singing badly whenever music is played. I, I love that, love that. Okay, so I, much. I have a I have a proposition. <laughs> yeah, I think the the last person with these magical mishaps mm-hmm. should have to try and connect the two effects somehow, ah, like within okay. like the history of the Pretty item. Neat. So okay. I'm going to say that um, this shield belonged to a bard in ancient times. This bard was a terrible bard. But there was this horrible war that was sort of uh, uh, just laying waste to his homeland, and he used the shield to stop this battle and try and talk to these people and have them come to their senses. The shield is unfortunately imbued with his spirit. So while it prevents violence in its uh, immediate area, it also sings horribly because this bard will forever remain alive <laughs> that's uh, awesome within its uh within its metal innards i just love yes. the idea of somebody like beginning to hey everybody let's sing a song no, uh, no. green dragon and then everyone's like oh no no and then the shield starts singing and everyone's like oh <laughs> and the bartender can't even take it down because it's a permanent fixture and he's just right, looking right. at everybody like trust me i'd rather you all kill each other with your fists than listen yeah. to the song again it's like it's like when someone it's like when my friend, this is a true story, we went to a place with a jukebox, he put on Enya, Only Time, and it broke and played only that song on repeat. Worst sports bar oh, ever. Oh, man. That's amazing. Okay. Anyway, yeah, no, See, and I love sure. that idea, too, because the adventurers would walk in, and it would just be, like, silent, except for people talking, and they'd be like, that's mm-hmm. weird, there's no, like, bard or something that plays here, and they're like, no, 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 no! No, 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 no! <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Matt, if you could please roll your beautiful, gorgeous 12-sided D6. Uh-huh. You got it. All right. Uh, oh, I need to... S- <laughs> does, it, does, it, does it really matter, honestly? <laughs> One through two is me. Three to four is Alex. Five to six is Barker. That's a four. That's Alex. Okay. So uh, I like I like unusual ones. So I'm going to say this this magic item is a uh, a chest. Uh, it's a, a it's a beautiful chest. wooden chest, uh, ornate has a kind of that that curved sort of rounded top to it. Uh, beautiful brass fittings, um, uh, gorgeous little inset lock. Uh, maybe it, it has a little like brass clawed feet on it, like you might see on a on a desk or a clawfoot tub Ooh, or yeah. something like that. So and it, so it sits like a couple inches off the floor, but it's just, it's gorgeous, gorgeous chest about four feet by uh, by two feet by three feet. Awesome. All right. Okay. I'm going to roll again. So first person comes up with the mishap, right? Yes. Yep. That's a six. That's you, Barker. 
Okay, so I'm just going to throw something out there right now, and it's not going to be fleshed out. It's just going to be a single word, and that single word is lightning. Okay. Yeah. So whoever goes last, you have to you have to mash it up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's three. That is me. So let's see. I, I'm going to say that the, the lightning, definitely the mishap, like you said, Barker. Yep, for sure. I'm going to say the good thing about this chest is that um, whenever you put something inside of it, only you can pull that thing out. So mm. if you were to put like a bag of gold inside the chest, if somebody else opened it up and reached in, the, the bag of gold wouldn't be there because they didn't put it in there. Yeah. All right. Alex, you have to connect the two things. Okay. Um, all right. So I'm going to say that what happened was a, a very powerful wizard owned this and, uh, and he had enchanted it to, to, to do it, what it's supposed to do, which is to hide his stuff. But he made the mistake of, of putting this, this powerful um, staff that he had uh, of lightning into it. And unfortunately it's, it's still in there and it, and it's incompatible with the magic of the chest. So occasionally mm. when someone reaches in, they will inadvertently touch this staff and, and send a bolt of electricity uh, through themselves uh, because they, they, they touch. It's kind of like a game of, of, uh, of operation where they have to like reach in really <laughs> carefully. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, and it wasn't really a mishap. I was going to say like the person, <clears throat> if you try to grab something that's not yours, you get zapped, but that's not really a mishap. So I was thinking maybe the chest has a mind of its own. And mm. it's like, even if you put something in the chest, maybe the chest is like, no, right. bro, that's yeah, that ain't well, yours, I, man. I, that's I, mine. I thought, yeah. And it zaps you. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought of that, but that's not like you, like you were saying, not a mishap. That's a yeah, that's a, exactly. defense, a defense feature. Oh, I one, like one, yours a lot. One, one quick sidebar though, uh, it, I just thought of a really good um, mishap that I've seen happen in, in a couple games. Uh, this was a, quite a while back, and that's the the classic putting a uh, a portable hole into a bag of holding. Oh, yep. That that to me that's one of, that's one of my favorite magical item mishaps. Yeah, and I've actually tried to use it as a weapon uh, once. So oh. yeah, it failed, but. <laughs> It was fun anyway. I'm going to create a projectile black hole generator. Just throw <laughs> it. So this third <clears throat> one, should it be me? I think you should, you should uh, kick us off here, yeah. Sure, Okay, yeah. cool. So you both have done items. So I'm going to do a spell. Awesome. I'm going to choose the spell um, flight. The ability to fly. So um, I'm going and that I have a 12-sided D6. I did a sound effect for you, Barker. <laughs> I don't know. Who, what, what did it land on? <laughs> I thought you were going to pretend to roll, so I did a sound effect for you. Oh, wait, what? Yeah, I did <laughs> roll. What are you? He sh- said, <laughs> I'm going to pretend I have a double D6, and I went... See, this is what happens oh, when, like, when, when, when Matt when Matt's away for a couple weeks. We uh, this yeah. is it. We, 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 we lose out. all focus. I lost it, man. <laughs> I went to the doctor to get my antidepressants because I just missed Matt, and it was a horrible time at the doctor's <laughs> office. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, so who's next, Sir Matt? Oh, jeez, I don't know. It's it's Alex. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So, what was the spell again? Flight. Okay, flight. Um. <laughs> I'm you know, it's sp- funny. A lot of people think we rig the the role and we just choose who's <laughs> go, who goes next. And in my mind, I'm like, why don't we do that? Nobody would care, and it would make everything easier. <laughs> we got a roll. We got a roll. I can't yeah, fudge though, it, man. I can't do it. That's right. Uh, I'm going to say that the the uh, the mishap is that when when the when the spell is cast, the uh, uh, the person flying actually. Um, uh, uh, kind of glows brightly and leaves a trail uh, behind them, kind of like this 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 ghostly uh, trail of light, kind of kind of uh, you know, I'm gonna say like a con, uh, a contrail, sort of like going behind them as as they fly. Cool, very cool. I love that. All right, uh, <clears throat> that's Barker. You have to do the second effect. No, I came up with the first one. You're you're the third person, but you're supposed to roll and pretend that you landed on you. I came no, no, up no, no, with no. the flight. Here's, no, no, no. No, it was the thing, Barker. 
Yeah, we've been doing four. Yeah. There's still I, two things left. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. So I'm sorry. I thought I came up with a thing. You guys did the thing, nah. and then I had to connect your two thoughts. Nah, nah, nah. Okay, my bad. All right, so I have to come up with a good thing about flight? Yeah. It makes you fly. <laughs> okay. Let's go ahead and roll. Hang on. Let's see. Let's see who 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 gets to connect the two. Hang on. Cuz I dude, I can connect them right now. I got it in my brain. Oh, d- just no, you, do it. No, no, no. Just you roll. It, no, 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 no. You roll, you let someone do it, but I get dibsies on the last bit. Okay. okay stop okay, fighting. Uh, Barker. It's you. You, did, you got it. Good yeah. job. <laughs> hey, we don't we don't give out participation awards here on Roll Up and Die, Matt. <laughs> okay. All right. Here's the deal. Uh, this flight spell. Let's say it's a <clears throat> scroll, or let's say it's a specific person who uses this flight that that has this mishap. The reason they're having this mishap is because this flight spell was cast on projectile weaponry. And the reason it glows is because it's a tracer round in the midst of a lot of different non-glowing rounds. We're talking about how if you look at gunfire in the night sky, like an like an old uh, yeah yeah an old war footage, you see the you <clears throat> see the bullets. Those are tracer rounds that help you aim. Mm-hmm. So the person who casts flight using this particular scroll or this particular version of the spell glows because that spell was not made for a person it was made for a warhead or some sort of uh, ammunition so that's why i think uh, this person is glowing Um, but it probably only happens one out of every 10 times because one out of every 10 rounds is a tracer round cool i like it yeah they're in roll actually no 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 what am i rolling for now for the fourth one i thought oh my god (laughs) i didn't know we were doing a fourth one okay here we go (laughs) You just haven't done anything yet, is what I'm saying. Like, what? I did a shield, bro. No, but you I, haven't I, done I just, anything for the flight. Yeah. Oh my god. Hey, everybody's done something for everyone except for you. You haven't done something for the flight. So what do I have to do for the flight though? Because we did come up with come it. up with something else. Oh god. Okay. And add on top um, of it. Talk for two minutes, Matt. Two minutes. Let me help you out, Matt. First of all, uh, think about. Why would why would a projectile need a flight spell? Because let's face it, they kind of fly on their own. That's by definition. <laughs> you know. uh, well, okay. So it was, it was initially designed to carry some sort of weapon really, really far, like from one kingdom to the other. Uh, they had intended this spell to be used to uh, basically do long distance sieges. Uh. Uh, inter inter- kingdom ballistic missile. Inter kingdom ballistic missile. It's exactly. An ECBM. <laughs> ECBM. ICBM. Yeah. Maybe, exactly. Oh my god. Maybe KB Kingdom. That's still. Oh, I IKBM. Oh my god. I'm gonna edit that shit out right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. I can't do it. I can't edit that. That, that stays. <laughs> my shame stays. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Can we take a question from the listeners? Yeah, I think we better. Yeah. For the love of Pete. All right. Question from the listeners. <laughs> if you go to facebook.com slash roll up and die, once a week we will post what we're talking about, and you can ask a question about that topic or basically about anything. It doesn't really matter. But the question with the most likes will get answered. Sometimes the top two. Uh, we have multiple questions here. And the top question is this, and I have not read these. Alan S. asks... <clears throat> And he, he cleared his throat too, I'm assuming. In the second edition AD&D campaign that I ran in and that I currently run, uh, having your spell go off properly required a percentage roll. If you misfired your spell, as in you uh, did not make under the required roll, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the DM would consult a misfire table, which would produce a randomized result of your misfire. Sometimes was the result... Uh, sometimes the result was good and sometimes bad. What are your thoughts on spell misfires? I think that's a, a pretty neat homebrew thing. I think it's kind of like mm. uh, those initiative cards or initiative roll tables yeah. that you came out with, Alex. Mm. Kind of the same thing except for spells. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, like I said, I'm a big fan of, of spell mishaps. So um, it's it's really just deciding in your game what you know what the trigger you want to be. Do you want it to be you know, common where every, you know, five, fifth or sixth time a spell goes wrong, or do you want it to be, you know, more rare or, uh, under extenuating circumstances, you know, how, you know, what, how, how bad do you want it to be? Yeah. Like if you roll percentile, 
you know, if you roll one through 90, maybe nothing happens, yeah. right? You do it every missed spell. One through 99, you're talking a completely different statistic now, yeah. you know? So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's a really good idea if you can adjust that number. Yeah, definitely. Because otherwise, I mean, you got to walk a fine line. I mean, some some players might like, you know, more more foibles because it's, you know, it's kind of fun and exciting. Everyone laughs. Uh, but others might get frustrated. You know, it's like, oh, fuck, I can't do a damn thing with my freaking spells. I'm going to be a fighter next time. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so... Yeah, well, for sure, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Roll Up and Die. My name is Barker. My name is Matt from Out of Practice. (laughs) And my name is Alex, a.k.a. Captain Gothnog. And remember, no matter what, that uh, whenever you're running your game, no matter how bad it can be, remember that in the end, it is only a passing thing. The shadow. Even darkness must pass because a new day will come. And when the sun shines on your game, it will shine out the clearer. And it'll be one of those stories that stays with you. That means something, even if you're too small to understand why. But I think I understand. I I think I know now after this episode recording it with Matt and Alex (laughs) that the people in the story that you're running in your game they have lots of chances of turning back, only they don't, because they're holding on to something. <laughs> Anybody? Because they're holding on to something. Anybody? What is it? Godspeed. Blah. <laughs> this show has been produced by Roll Up and Die and is copyright 2016. It is owned by all three of the primary hosts. The games, movies, and other super awesome properties mentioned in this show are the property of their respective owners. Stealing sucks. You can find all three of the primary hosts on YouTube and other websites. Matt is at youtube.com slash a fistful of dice. Barker is at youtube.com slash be a better game master. And both of their work can be found at absolutetabletop.com. Captain Gothnog is at youtube.com slash Captain Gothnog. And his work can be found on DriveThruRPG via Critical Hit Publishing. Listeners are free to use this show in any way, shape, or form as long as credit is provided to the Roll Up and Die RPG podcast. Look for other releases of the show on Facebook.com slash RollUpAndDie, iTunes, and RollUpAndDie.Podbean.com. Have a fantastic day, and as always, happy gaming. <laughs>